You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, managers, agents, casting directors, and producers. Don't forget producers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, producers. I'm going to cross my fingers while I say this. A-list actors. Ah! <laughs> and uh, package them up into a podcast and bring it to an internet near you. Yes, we do. And uh, we're just two dudes for the podcast. Uh, you, you guys who've been listening to this for a while know this. We're, we're, we're not know-it-alls. We don't really know anything more than anybody else. We started this thing because we want to find out what the answers are and and wanted to have an excuse to sit down with people and, and grill them about their experience and um, what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. So that's all that this podcast is about. So if you're listening to this and you have questions or you hear something and you're like, oh my God, that changed my life, or you think, God, guys, that could ruin my life. Maybe you shouldn't be saying that on the internet. Uh, either way, let us know. This is all about the conversation. So uh, lots of different ways to communicate with the show, with everybody that listens to the show. So just uh, start at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, to, uh, to get the move on that. I, I, I want to know what we've said to ruin someone's life. It's entirely possible. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Amen. Oh, are, we, are we powerful? <laughs> I don't uh, know. And um, that's scary. And speaking of not ruining people's lives, the guest on this uh, episode is part two of uh, Blake Robbins' interview. So uh, look forward to that. Hey, buddy. Welcome to episode 93. It is Monday. Martin Luther King Day. That 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 tri- that triple digit is uh, is upon us, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Um, and I just... It's, it was really interesting. Uh, the inaugura- second inauguration of President Obama uh, just happened. Uh, I didn't even make that connection. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really, really fascinating. I mean, you know, it's not the first inauguration but um but just to have him you know our first black president mm-hmm. having his inauguration on mlk day is just it's just perfect it's interesting interesting cool interesting. man very cool um Good so times. happy mlk day <laughs> right um what's uh what's new in your world man we uh we kind of we didn't really talk, talk this week but you've you've had a lot going on i know well, you had a, a big uh a big meeting Yes. we were talking about last week. Yeah, I had a couple of meetings. Um, I had one meeting at the uh, NCIS casting office with their Boom. casting directors. Boom, number one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it went well. Uh, for those of you who've listened to the podcast for a long time, you know that I get called into that office a lot, and I haven't been cast yet, so it just feels like I booked the office, and it's only a matter of mm-hmm. time finding the right role and whatnot. I don't know if they should make you a terrorist or a cop. Right? Yeah, terrorist <laughs> or a, or a, a, a Navy... Uh, a Navy SEAL. Um, 
Yeah, so it's you know it's it feels good. Like I, I recognize everybody when I go in there, and and they recognize me. Like the, even the casting assistant was like, "It's Meyer, right?" And I was like, "Yes, thank you." <laughs> right on. Um, but uh, yeah, it was cool. It went well. I didn't get a callback or anything. I didn't think the role was was right for me. But the fact that they keep bringing me in to see me is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, it's a big win, definitely. Um, and then uh, I also had like my second callback for um, the Boston Court Theater in Pasadena. Um, they're doing this uh, rockabilly musical called American Misfit. It's very similar to like Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. I didn't know it was a who's... musical. Yeah, I cool. my character the character I'm auditioning for doesn't sing or dance <clears throat> that much, but um, he does a little bit, um, and he, he's also very similar to Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Uh, okay. So, and it's being cast by Julia Flores, who cast. Of mice and men, so it was. Oh just, well, yeah. Wow, it was kind of yeah. It was kind of like a no brainer in terms of getting called in, but um, yeah. I definitely felt good about the auditions. Um, <clears throat> but the biggest thing that happened this week was I finally started P ninety X. Yes, you uh, did, and I know it's something that you've been wanting me to do for a very long time, and I I finally did it, and the and consensus is, dude. I'm I'm sold. I'm totally yeah. sold. I've sweat my butt off and uh, found uh, you know the workouts very challenging. Mm. More challenging than a lot of workouts I've ever done in my life. The the last time I was challenged this much was when I actually hired a personal trainer mm-hmm. at my gym. Yeah, that was the last time I felt like I was challenged this much. This much. Here, here's the example. I don't, I don't usually talk about my family on the, on the podcast, but my father uh, is overweight. There's no other way to say it, and he doesn't listen to this podcast, so okay. <laughs> there it is. He's very overweight, and he sent my sister and I this text message the week before I started P90X saying, hey, I'm going to start P90X tonight. Wish me luck. No way. Yeah. Right on. And my sister and I, our initial reaction was, our, our immediate reaction was, uh, hang on, be careful. Cause he's got like one bad arm mm. and like, he's got bad knees and he's overweight. And like, there's so many other things that he could do to mm. support him in his health than to start a super insanely rigorous workout routine. Yeah. Like P90X. I don't say this because I want to give people another obstacle to get in their way of getting in shape. I say it because that particular program might not be the right one for you mm-hmm. like be, like your beach body coach which i know <clears throat> you talked about i think once on the podcast yeah, yeah real briefly yeah yeah so you're now a beach body coach so beachbody.com they have p90x isn't the only program there's a bunch <clears throat> of great there's programs. a ton of them yeah and, and i know some fantastic yeah and i know some of them are geared they're they're geared towards different things p90x happens to be this like high int- what do they call it high intensity impact uh training or something sh- like that something uh h-i-i-t i think you're, oh, you're thinking of high intensity interval training which is not or interval training. not necessarily <clears throat> p90 i mean there are elements of that in, in p90x but it's not really what it's all about yeah there yeah so, i mean yeah. i'm just saying that that it, like the intense i feel like there are other programs that would probably be better you know what i mean like find yeah. the one that's right for you i guess is what yeah. i'm trying to say and uh, yeah poorly and but that, there it is <laughs> that's actually part of the role of a, of a beach body coach is to is to help find the right 
program for you and then and then help guide you through that program as as you go on that journey because it's not easy and all your shit comes up you know like just like with anything challenging all your stories and stuff are going to come out at the the most opportune times uh, inopportune and i'm more well, like it perhaps yeah. yeah um so but that's really cool man I'm, I'm so stoked that you're doing this and and my question for you is why now like what? What prompted you to be like? All right, I, it is time. <clears throat> I am fed up. It is time. I haven't talked about this on the podcast either, um, and I don't want us to spend a lot. Of, I <laughs> this whole intro is going to be about me. Um, I had a big breakthrough, a personal breakthrough um, recently, and I don't know how to really explain it except to say that I, my, what I realized was that I was essentially being stingy with my vision. In other mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. I was I was not giving to my vision. I was not giving abundantly to my vision. And what I mean, you know, to be more specific, like my vision obviously is to be a working actor and that I there have I know there have been jobs that I've literally either not been considered for at all <clears throat> or lost in the audition room because I'm not in the best shape of my life. And I have lacked commitment around that big time. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what changed was the realization that I was being stingy with my vision and keeping myself from attaining, truly attaining it by, by the lack of commitment. Mm-hmm. And so now especially with something as rigorous as P90X where you're working out every single day, I now I get to do those exercises and have a big smile on my face knowing that what I'm doing is giving this is it's like a I wake up every day and ask myself what gifts am I going to give my vision today? That's my new That's such a powerful paradigm. That's my new every day. It was a complete I'm glad you said that because it was. It was a complete paradigm shift. Mm. It completely changed my my way of approaching my life, period. Like every single day I wake up and go, what gifts am I going to give my vision today? And one of them is P90X or one of them is, you know, working out, being physical. Um, <clears throat> and then sometimes it's like the admin shit, like the things that we don't like to do as actors that are sometimes necessary, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I get that Alan Barton says, do the admin you love, but I'm going to add, you know, you have to do some, <laughs> some admin, like it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets to happen in order to create the life that you want. And instead of being, instead of begrudging it or being complaining about it, you know, I, and I get that there's all these other awesome things that go along with this and sort of new age philosophies of, uh, uh, of, of, of putting positive energy out into the world while you're working on it and all of that. But I distilled it down essentially to what gifts am I giving to my vision? So mm-hmm. everything comes with this sense of, uh, joy and happiness and abundance. I'm giving, 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 giving. I love that. That's a huge shift, you know? Yeah. To be able to, to come from that, like you said, place of abundance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I'd like to think that, um, having the challenge group was, uh, was also kind of a, a deciding factor, um, in that, although our challenge group didn't really happen. Well, I would, I wouldn't have gotten committed to anything had that paradigm shift, not, mm-hmm. you know, keeping me consistent and keeping me motivated and keeping me moving forward. Uh, it does have a lot to do with just being part of a, 
a challenge group, you know, knowing like there's other people doing this with me and there's somebody there to coach me. Like it does, it's weird. It's weird. It's like, I have all these people in my life that are very fit that are, I've certified personal trainers that are, you know, friends of mine. And I, I've I've always been like, Oh yeah, I want to take advantage of that. And da da da. but I never did. Mm. So now it does kind of feel like, you know, you're there. Like if I have questions or whatever, like any concerns, like I do feel like you're there to be my coach. Yeah. Yeah. Which according to the website, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know what? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like I really, if I, that's like my, one of my alternate kind of passions is just like physical fitness activity, physical Mm -hmm. activity, like having a physical experience in this world and a rewarding physical experience. Um, cause you can't avoid having a physical experience. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, <clears throat> that's cool, man. And you know, like, I, like, I, like I mentioned, we had this challenge group thing that was going to start around mid month and, uh, we had a lot of people interested and then interest kind of fell off. So we really just ended up being the two of us. Yeah. But, uh, if anybody listening to this is interested in joining a challenge group, um, I'm thinking if we have enough interest, we'll start one up on uh, the, the first Monday of February. Dude, how awesome would it be if it was a inside inside acting, like, like listener challenge challenge group? group. Yeah. You can do it from anywhere and we have listeners all over the world. So like, exactly. We'd have people from Germany and Austria and Australia and France. Keeping each other accountable, checking in with each other, supporting each other on, on a a really challenging and unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly deep journey. Like I, as I've, I've been through PNDX twice now and it sounds silly, you know, it's like, Oh, I work out in front of my TV and I have this deep experience, but you get to a point where it's like, all right, like I've got to commit if I want to complete this, I've got to really dig deep and find out what's stopping me from pushing play today. It's powerful, man. So, well that, yeah, that, in that conversation in and of itself, what's stopping you from pushing play? Mm -hmm. See, oh my gosh, boom, you're baking my noodle, bro. You're baking my noodle because that is... That's a great analogy for uh, limiting belief and and the conversations and cer- living out of circumstances instead of living out of vision, right? Yeah. What's stopping me from pushing play today? It doesn't necessarily have to do with P90X or a workout regimen or whatever, but it's like, what are you pushing play on? Whatever it is that you're pushing play on, mm-hmm. what's stopping you from pushing play on it? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Boom. Do we have a new tagline? Yes. <laughs> what's stopping you from pushing play? Yes. Boom. Brought to you by Beachbody. Oh my and gosh. Tony Horton. Seriously, and MLK Shanti. Day. I'm I'm declaring it, man. What is this? It's January 21st. Yeah. 2013 yeah. and we have a new uh unofficial official tagline. Sweet. <clears throat> so there you go. If anybody wants to push play with us starting, let's declare it, man. Let's start starting February 4th. AJ and I will Does that mean I have to start over? No, no, no. <laughs> you stick stick with what you got. Okay. I'll, I'll um I'll be a week into it, my third round at that point. But I think the important thing is not that we're all like synced up, mm-hmm. but the important thing is that we're going through the journey together and just awesome, just having keeping each other accountable and supporting and having a a check in or something, you know. So so yeah, let's let's put so that out. anybody listening tweet, what, tweet at us or yeah, Facebook send us, a, us, send us or an email or, get or in Facebook touch. message or we'll we'll put a thread oh, on the I love on the this inside acting challenge group. Boom, boom, how cool, man. Uh, sweet, sweet man. Well, that's this is really turning cool. out to be a lovely episode. I'm super <laughs> g'd up. I'm stoked that you're. I'm really. I could not be happier that you're that you're doing this because <clears throat> I've gotten so much from it. You know, I think I told you that I canceled my gym membership a week after starting. Yeah, I'm definitely considering it. Yeah, I'm definitely considering it. Yeah, I bought. Uh, I bought a three hundred eighty dollar pair of weights. 
which is an investment. You know, that's not cheap, but a year's worth of gym membership at $35 a month pays for those. Yep. And I don't have to get in my car and go anywhere. I mean, we talked about all the benefits and I get such a thorough, well-rounded experience with a program like P90X. And I, I, I'm just embarrassed that I sold it so short for so long. Hmm. I thought working out in front of your TV was for like soccer moms and, <laughs> you know, want to lose extra baby weight. And I was like, you know, real athletes go to the gym. Or, <clears throat> and I, I stand very corrected. So um, we have two listener voicemails that we wanted to squeeze in here. Yeah. Um, we got a little P90X slap happy there. but yeah, uh, we going to have time for this? Yeah. The first one comes from Charles. And these voicemails are so... It's so cool that they come in when they do. Yes. They're, they're, they're almost related as if these two talked. But uh, Charles is from Seattle and uh, Lee is from uh, Twin Cities, Minnesota. Hey, guys. My name is Charles. Uh, I'm an actor in Tacoma, Washington, which is about an hour away from Seattle. And I had a question for you guys. I've been a fan of the podcast for about a month now, so I've been listening to quite a bit of them. And you might have already covered this. I'm not sure. Um, if so, you could point me to the episode that does, uh, to the podcast that covers this. But my question is, um, if you're an actor from a different region, so let's say Seattle, and you want to move down to L.A., should you wait till you have your SAG card, or should you go... And uh, just go for it. I've heard arguments from both sides. I've heard that you know, it's definitely better to wait until you get it because it's harder to get once you're in L.A. because there's so much more competition. And then I've also heard that um, it's better to just go down there and start building relationships and such uh, in the meantime instead of wasting time up here in a lesser market. Charles, thank you so much for, for calling in and for that question. We have talked about this in the podcast numerous times. However, uh, I don't know what episodes exactly because it's come up a lot. Yeah, but it's also, I feel like there's a there's something slightly more specific here because of his question about, the, like, we have a lot of people call in asking questions about <clears throat> joining versus not joining. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people calling in asking questions about moving to LA versus not moving into to LA and what you should or shouldn't have before you get here. Mm-hmm. And he is specifically asking, should I, or should I not join prior to moving? You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the combination yeah. of those two, which I think is specific. Yeah. What's your response to it? Uh, just get your ass down here. Um, mm-hmm. if you, if you can afford it and, and, and you're ready to go, um, you have, you can set yourself up with some kind of, um, you know, thrival job and, um, and, and make the move, just do it. Um, yeah. To be more specific, um, I am not a member of SAG AFTRA. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about that on the I think, podcast I, yeah, before, I think, but I think so, yeah. Um, uh, you will I, be soon, though. It's coming for sure. <laughs> it has to, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the thing, the thing is, it doesn't preclude, everyone thinks that it somehow keeps you from working, which is not true. Like, first of all, I've had a, a, a great career to this point. I've done a lot of professional theater. I am a member of the, the, the stage union, uh, Actors' Equity. But uh, I've done uh, a couple of uh, film and television gigs. Well, I've done, I did uh, uh, a few television gigs, and then I just did my feature film. And I'm not, uh, I was not forced to join the union. 
Those were all union jobs, and I was not forced to, to join the union. There are certain parameters, and um, if, if you must be Taft Hartley versus you know a must join because you did two uh, union gigs within a certain time frame, and uh, you know <clears throat> some those rules used to be different for SAG and AFTRA, and now that they've merged, you know. Uh, I'm still sifting through what those all are, but we're hopefully going to get all of those questions answered here in uh, the next several episodes. Yeah. I'm yeah. alluding to something very specific. <laughs> That's right. Get excited. Yeah. Get excited. What's your, uh, what's your take on it? Uh, ditto, man. Ditto. Uh, if your goal, and um, not just Charles, but anybody listening to this, if your goal is to be a working actor in Los Angeles, uh, your life is happening now jump in and figure it out along the way. Mm. Um, I, and this is coming from somebody who likes to plan the shit out of things <laughs> and, and, yes, you, you know, and then find themselves two years later in the same exact spot, wondering what happened. Um, Analysis paralysis. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've heard, you know, before I, I came to LA, I heard both sides of the argument as well. It's like, don't you dare show up without a union card. You know, if you want to play with the, in the big leagues, you better come prepared. Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah, it, it is stupid because there's a lot of actors out here that, that if, if that was the deciding factor, like if that was a limiting thing, I mean, this would be a pretty lonely city. Yeah. yeah and then, and like I said, the ultimate argument is you don't necessarily need it. Yeah, you don't need it. I've, I mean, I'm a, I'm a member of SAG-AFTRA, but uh, I probably 20 to 30% of the gigs I've, I've worked in the past couple of years have actually been union gigs. It has, in, it has by no means limited uh, my options. And I didn't even join until I absolutely had to. Yeah. And even then, and then when I did, the job that I worked paid for half my dues. Right. So it was That's like... That's the important thing. Too. Yeah. It, it was it was like a win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, Charles, as if in response to you, <laughs> we got this voicemail, which covers um, not only your question, but it, it continues on. Um, it's really interesting to hear uh, Lee's perspective on um, whether or not it was a good idea for him to join mm-hmm. uh, the union yeah. uh, from uh, Minnesota. I'm an actor in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis specifically, and I kind of made the mistake of joining SAG too early. He called um, it a mistake. Because I had an mm. opportunity to, and I took it, <clears throat> thinking I'd be out in LA before I actually am going to be. Uh, the problem is, is that in Minneapolis, there's basically zero union work whatsoever. And so I'm having just a hell of a time trying to get a reel together. I've got a few clips from before I was union from a couple of short films, but it's basically worthless. And I'm just wondering... Um, what I should do about it. I heard from um, an actor out in L.A. who's a friend of mine. He said that you don't actually need a reel, but that if you send in, like, mock auditions to agencies, that that's, like, almost as good. Or he actually made it sound like they actually prefer that. So I don't know. I'm not... I have no idea. So if you guys could touch on that, that'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. So there's basically two parts to this question. Uh, the first part is uh, it covers a lot of ground. How do I get? How do I? How do I get? <clears throat> not, how do I get union work in a in an alternate market where there's very little union work, um, or work just in general? Well, yeah, he's yeah. He said yeah. he said he's he's trying to build his his reel. Yeah, and then the second yeah, second, second piece is, is it is it is it necessary? Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I my initial reaction to this was um, there are other ways to build your reel. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about it. Um, we've talked about it uh, before uh, on the podcast, and then we even brought on Miguel to talk about 
companies that do that exact thing. Mm, it's yeah. not against any union rules to to put together a scene with your friends or with a company uh, and shoot it so that you can add footage to your reel. Like mm-hmm. that's not, there's nothing stopping you from that. That's not against any like, mm-hmm. you know, union rules. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, what's your take on that before we move on to the uh, agreed, agreed a hundred percent. And you know, I, I've been in the situation before of being a union actor and <clears throat> being, um, mm, booked on non-union gigs and the feedback that I've gotten from, um, various industry professionals is, um, and I, I can't say this is a blanket solution. I mean, definitely check and go with your gut and, and get multiple opinions. But when I was booked on non-union gigs, people usually said like, well, okay, there's like a one in 10,000 chance that the union's going to find out. And then of that, there's a one in 10,000 chance that they're going to care. So, uh, that's not a catch all, you know, that's not going to yeah. happen every time. Like it definitely varies from, from project to project. But, um, I think that it's a little, I think it's less limiting that people, than people might believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, play by the rules. We're definitely not advocating, uh, you know, being like a rogue actor and like flipping off unions and non, you know, like all that stuff. But, uh, there's, there's wiggle room there. I think that, uh, that you can play with. Yeah. I, I, I almost wish we, uh, we saved <laughs> these voicemails for yeah. the thing I was alluding to earlier. We can revisit um, them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, maybe we will. Um, and then the, as far as the second part of your question goes, Lee, uh, so it depends on what your goal is, what it is that you're trying to accomplish with a reel. First of all, a reel is your calling card. It's I, I, th- I feel like it's just as important a tool as your resume, your headshot, and anything else, your marketing material, yeah. because it can sell the fact that you look and sound good on camera and, mm-hmm. um, and can act for that's the really camera. all it's about, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's what, that's what they're looking for. <clears throat> and there might be something specific in your reel that leads to you booking a particular job. So like if your man, if your representation, uh, is pitching you on something and they're like, he's done this exact thing. Here's his reel to show that he's done right. a character just right. like that. Then boom. Okay. Let's bring him in for a, a callback or a, a reading or, or, or something. Yeah. But it sounds like the, your goal is to actually get representation because you said something about sending mock auditions to agencies. And my only feedback there would be to find out what it is the agency wants so you're saying you were saying like your friend told you that some of them some agencies like you to send in mock auditions. Some probably do. I would say get in touch, find out what agencies you want to target, find out what they like. They may even have a a monologue or a script or something that they give to every single one of their actors who comes in for a meeting, and they may say, "Put yourself on tape doing this scene." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you do that and and send it in, and that's that's your sort of audition for that particular, yeah, particular agent. Um, putting yourself, we've talked about putting yourself on tape before on the podcast. Something that has started to happen with increased frequency. Yeah, it's only <clears> and I, get more frequency. Yeah, and I've, I've I've done it a lot because like I you know when I was in San Francisco for three months uh, doing a play, I there were I got I had like three television audition well no two television auditions and a play audition that i auditioned for via tape while i was up there so it, it's um 
it's important to know how to put yourself on tape. It's a whole other conversation. But yeah, like I said, it depends on what your goal is um, mm-hmm. with mock audition tapes versus a reel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my experience, the reel is an essential tool, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to agent interviews. I'm actually surprised to hear, and I, and I don't, you know, I, I, I say this recognizing that my my um, scope of the industry is limited. Um, but I'm surprised to hear that, um, somebody might say that people might prefer taped auditions over, over a reel, like instead of, as, as opposed to in addition, in addition to, um, I've, I personally have never heard of somebody saying like, show me a taped audition and then we'll, we'll talk about representation. Right. I've right. always heard like, send me your reel, send me your headshot. And the reel is your most essential tool in mm-hmm. my, in my experience. So, mm-hmm. um, I would, uh. If it were me, I would tell me, as me being me now, tell me (laughs) then. (laughs) I I, I don't know how many times you just said me, but I'm really confused. (laughs) Read the subtext. It's all about me. Um, I would I I would say really the real is the is the main focus. Yeah, is just get a kick ass reel together. Only needs to be a minute. Um, Get three or four diverse pieces on there and make sure they look damn good. Mm -hmm. And um and if you have to pay for them, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, as long as they look good and like you didn't pay for them, <laughs> you know, Yeah, we've talked, we talked about that with Miguel. There's, there's some companies out there that look like the person paid for them. And you can tell because every one of the reels that company produces looks the same and they're all one long shot. There's no cuts and there's a whole thing, you know, so go with your gut, do your research, go with what feels and looks right to you. But, but I would say, um, yeah, focus on the reel and, uh, and be out here doing it. I know he said he was in the Twin Cities, yeah, Minneapolis, and yeah. Um, if, well, it's not, yeah, again, and, if the yeah. goal is to be out here, if the goal is to be, he didn't actually yeah. say that, but yeah, yeah that's true. If he that didn't. is, if that is your goal, the your long term goal, yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> hope that helps. I mean, both Charles and Lee, thank you so much for for calling in. I'm always like kind of humbled that people call in and ask questions right. to us because we're just you know like we say we're just two dudes. I can offer my experience, you can offer your experience, but it's definitely not the be all end all. But yeah. um. I'm always flattered that people uh, listen to the podcast and then say, what do you guys think about this? Yeah. Um, so just a disclaimer, please, um, you know, uh, get second and third and fourth opinions. Um, yeah. And if any of our listeners are those second, third and fourth opinions, please, you know, yes, uh, throw in your, your, your thoughts and opinions. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. any way you'd like, you know, another voicemail or an email or, or what mm-hmm. have you just get in touch. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that there's really no hard and fast rule for anything no, in no. this industry. No. And there are people that are going to like, like swear up and down that this is the one, the only way to do it. And then you'll have like a top level agent from William Morris be like, no, no, nobody cares about that. You know, <laughs> yep. I've seen it happen time and time again. Yep. So yep. really in the end, it's just about being a person who's easy to work with, friendly, outgoing, fun, um, has drive work ethic and mm-hmm. is, is willing to, to do what it takes. Yeah. If you can demonstrate that, I don't think whether it's a reel or a taped audition or what city you're in, like, I don't think that stuff, that's all secondary, you know? Yeah. It comes down to your character. Sure. And my experience. So, um, God, I feel, I feel really preachy all of a sudden. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Shake it off. Shake, Shake it, it off. off. Uh, let's cut to somebody else's voice. Let's do that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll come back. Uh, so this is a uh, part two of our interview with, uh, Blake Robbins. And, uh, I think there might be some knowledge bombs in this section. So, so uh, too. enjoy.
the one common thread I think I saw uh, on Tom Fontana's show Oz and, and I see in all of his work is the actors and the people he surrounds himself with, they're, they're truly, um, they are who they are. There's an authenticity to them. It's, it's unique. You know, he may, I mean, especially on Oz, he had people who were Broadway legends mixed with people who just gotten out of jail mixed with, you know, rock superstars mixed with, you know, all variety of people. Um, but there was a, a truthfulness and, and authenticity to who they are. They they were who they, you know. And I was kind of coming into this as an actor on some level, kind of finding out who I was. I was no longer, um, you know, maybe the word is afraid to be who I was. Mm-hmm. Afraid that I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't going to get a job or that I was going to go the rest of my life without ever getting to be an actor and wanting it so bad. Mm-hmm. Um I, I lost just enough fear of that to kind of get folded in and, and kind of start to go, oh, this is it. This is how it really works. So the audition is really just about me coming in and just uh, doing my best but owning it in a way that whether they cast me or not, I leave the room and, and they've gotten to see, well, that's what he would do. Yeah, yeah. We've, we, we've talked a lot, of, a lot about this on the on the podcast and Mark Atterbury, I think, put it in a way that has really resonated with with us and our audience, I hope as well. Where he said, "Good acting is just autobiography. It's yeah. just kind of bringing yourself to the circumstances and the context of the character." But but that's that's the genuine, that's the authentic authenticity. I think, yeah, element. Yeah, you know, this is just a personal reflection, and it's just my idea. But um, the things that get in our way get in our way because they're they're. Um, for lack of a better way to say it, that they're all good things. So that's the problem. They're all good things. We we want to show people that we understand it. That's not going to help you get the job. <laughs> oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, right we now. want yeah. to show people that we that 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 this makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. That's actually going to help you not get the job. Mm-hmm. We want to show people what we know about these as people as human beings. That's going to get in your way of getting the job because that. That is the thing that needs to be left out if you're going to just do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for every actor that clicks at a different time and in a different place that, oh, all these things that are, they're all good reasons. That's why I hold on to them so long. That's why they follow me around. That's why they come in. You know, they're really going to get in between you getting the job because um, what they really need to see, I feel, two things. They want to see you because if they want a character or if they want a version of it, someone someone else is going to get that role. If you have to play that, like, oh, I'm I'm smarter than I am, you know, so this character is smarter than me. So I'll attempt to play a character who's smarter than me, just an example, or funnier or quirkier, you know, anything. You know, we, we're our worst enemies where we look at the page and we go, okay, that's not me, but I know a version of that and I'll do that version. Every time you do that, you confuse the person who's auditioning you. They don't know who you are. You, you got to show them you. Uh, my heart's never going to break for a character who's has his heart broken or this or that. But if it happens to to you, if I'm in the room and you use these lines and it and whatever I've written here happens to the person I'm looking at, that's the little magic. And we've all felt it. It's just hard to return to it. Huh. That's that's got to happen when when you don't have when you don't have 
a list of credits or, or sort of having established yourself in the business, you really are under an obligation to do that every single time you walk into a room for two reasons. One, it clarifies to the buying public, the casting directors, the directors, the producers, oh, this is who he is. Every time I see Blake, whatever happens in this material, I see it happen to him. So whether you get this job or not, you'll find a career 10 years of doing that. If you can do that for 10 years, almost every time, people will figure out how to use you, when to use you, where to bring you, and they'll become your fan because people respond to that. But we always let it happen to some character. We almost always go in there with some version of, you know, you know, when I coach actors, I say, don't read those stage directions or descriptions of yourself until that means nothing to you except that I can use that. Anytime it separates you from being that person, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It, and you know what? You've got to be willing to do that even if it means, oh, I'm not going to get this role because I see what they're looking for here. And you may be right. You may not, not be right about that. You shouldn't overthink that. You know, you sh- I think you should go in assuming that if they're bringing me in, they want to see this, whatever in this material happened to me. But mm. even if it looks like that's going to be the thing that keeps you from getting the job, I would argue that that's the thing that's going to give you your career. Don't make the job so important that you lose yourself to try and play their part their way. Do you. No one else can do it. <sighs> No one else can do it. See, you, I'm like I'm like tired right now. That's said, that's how, my brain is doing so many backflips right now that I'm tired. I'm like I got tired after listening to that. Like, and here I'm we so go. Like, oh and my god, that's amazing. Here we go. Walk, <laughs> steam coming out of my ears. Walking up the steps really? to this really? interview, you said, "Oh, I don't know. You guys have 91 episodes. I don't know. I can bring anything new." Oh and, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Blake <laughs> yeah. Robbins, kaboom! Um, really? You know, no one said that in 92 episodes. Not not the way you just put it. Hell not the yeah! Way you, like, 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 <laughs> got, people have said no. versions yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. The way you just framed it just yeah. now was golden. Oh, really? That makes for sense. Me at least. I hope. Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, awesome. You know, that's exciting. That, that gets me thinking because we've got yeah. actors like Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. who completely transformed. Yes. But then we have actors yes. that, that I like to criticize in my own secret, you know, <laughs> Tony Danza. Life. Like, like uh, Denzel Washington or, oh, or Tom okay. Cruise who are the same person yes. every single time. Yeah. But you can't deny that they're working consistently and that every time they're in a movie, I'm like, I want to go see Denzel Washington with a sword. Right. You know, I want right. to go see Denzel Washington, you know, with a gun. Right. I want to go see Denzel Washington coach a football team. Yeah. And that works. And then when I go see Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. I want to see Abe Lincoln. I don't want to see Daniel Day-Lewis because I right. know he's not going to show up. I know yeah. it's going to be Abe Lincoln. So, yeah, the difference is movie star actor. Okay. All right. We're about to get another knowledge bomb. All right. Really? Bring, bring another on. Yeah. He's getting really excited. He's getting, <laughs> Trevor's at the edge you of his seat, it? but so am I. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, uh, there are some actors we pay to see the actor. See them act. Uh, I would put in that category Meryl Streep, Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Um, maybe Johnny Depp to a certain degree. Um, and then there are movie stars we see, pay to see the movie star. Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington. They're, they're essentially doing two different things. Huh. Right? Yeah. And neither is right or wrong. In fact, movie stars make people a lot of money. So there's going to continue to be demand to say, oh, I want to see Tom Cruise, you know, save the world again from aliens, from, you know, CIA agents, from, you know, runaway pigmen, pygmy mutant turtles, you know, whatever you can save the world from. Right. We'd love to see. Yeah. And we want to see him be handsome we want to see him be brave we want to see him and then 
we want to see Daniel Daniel Day Lewis transform himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, as a theater goer, I, I tend to want to see actors disappear, but I'll see all those movies. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look at them all. Um, I would say that if you're just starting out as an actor, you're not a movie star by definition. So the only way we can find out how to cast you is if you show me who you are. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be willing to set aside your fear. Your, um, you know, We all have it. Even Tom Cruise has it. And Tom Cruise, if you're listening, you'll own up to it. Um, we all, as human beings, have that place where we feel like we're not good enough for this. We're not, we're not what people are, you know. It's a human condition. Yeah. Uh, so what? Time to move on. Big mm-hmm. deal. Everyone feels it. Everyone adjusts to it. Everyone, you know, does whatever they have to do to deal with the fact that we've all got that place where we're small, you know, where we stand by the edge of the Grand Canyon and realize how insignificant we are. I, I, you know, you can walk Hollywood Walk of Fame and you see all those people who got stars whose names you don't even recognize who literally 20 years ago were the biggest stars of their day. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, in 100 years, no one's going to know or care who Brad Pitt was. Sorry, Brad. Who George mm-hmm. Clooney was. Who It's sort of. So we all feel that inside. Even George Clooney feels it. Mm-hmm. You know? As an actor, as a young actor who's trying to get on a role, uh, get a role from someone or go in and say, oh, you've got to deal with that's the human condition and not let it screw up your freaking audition. Hmm. And how do you do that? You just do you just do your version of the material and not get in your head about, oh, if they don't cast me, I've got to walk out of here and justify my existence to my family, to myself. You know, you don't. Yeah. You're carrying the wrong stuff into the audition. You don't have to justify your existence. And that's only going to screw up your audition. So really, get over it. I had to get over it, and it took me eight, nine years. I realized all the power was in the audition room because I thought that for my life to mean anything to me, I had to go in there, get that audition, book that job. And the truth of the matter is, I've booked those jobs now. It still doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh. I still, You know what yeah. I mean? you yeah. got, you got to justify your existence. We're here. So what? Yeah. But we do. We chase it. And because you know what? A lot of us as actors, we're a little bit broken anyway. We feel the we feel the self-inflicted wounds, the other inflicted wounds, all of those things anyway. So it just kind of becomes this uh, revolving door of feeling like, well, see, I'm right. I'm not good enough. I wasn't funny enough for that one. I wasn't smart enough for that one. I wasn't handsome enough for that one. I wasn't short enough for that one, tall enough, you know, and, and that's what the auditions do. But Really? Um, if you were on the other side of that and you were trying to hire an actor, you just want someone to come in and do them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you want. If, if if you were on the other side of the equation, I mean, you're always going to get those casting rooms where people have their own shit to sort out. You know what I mean? You know that when you walk in and you realize, oh, this guy's an asshole. This person's a bully, an emotional bully. This person's here to make me feel bad. This is how they – and you gotta you got to just move past that. They're going to do that. Who cares? Uh, They've got their own thing going on. But for the most part, and especially in this business, the best, the best casting directors, the best producers, best directors, they just want to click with you. Yeah. They know, you know, they've got more figured out, you know, they know that we're all struggling with the, am I significant? 
should I be here? Am I worthy? Is this even, you know, you know, that, that is so cool because what I just heard was an instant way to create uh, a relationship known to the casting director or the producer or whomever or not an instant way to create a connection and just to realize that this person it has fears. They have yep. movies they love and food they love, food that makes them sick. And they're yep. all going home at night going, is, does my life matter really? <laughs> right. Is what I'm doing. And that's, you know, and, that's, and, and am I good enough to cast this project? Yeah. Am I good yeah. enough? Do I, do, do I know talent when I see it? Yeah. They're on yeah. the other side going, do I know it when I see it? Yeah. And you're like, am I good enough to get this part? Yeah. Yeah. So seeing that, I think Trevor, what you're saying is like seeing them as a human being, as opposed to a gatekeeper, which we're so yeah. want to do and, as actors. And we've had this conversation yeah. a, a, a couple times, but, but again, not in that way of, of, I mean, we all, every single person, whether you're an Al Qaeda terrorist or whether you're Gandhi, let's not or bring whatever. them into. Let's not bring them into this. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, right. Let's not actually because I, that might be a flawed argument. But, but they, hopefully, they you guys can, get the point. They can track you down. Yeah, they can. <laughs> and they're also probably having a different conversation about significance. But, <laughs> exactly. But, um, but, but anyone, speaking, anyone on this yeah, planet has yep. that has that feeling at some point. Yeah, that's wow. That's really. That's really profound. The other, the other thing I heard you say too that that I found really profound was, uh, and you just touched on it and then moved on. Oh, uh-oh. so I want to bring it back around, which was um, that that attitude of, am I worthy? Am I this? Am I that? And then justifying your existence based on what happens in the audition room, where right. you go in and you're right. like, oh, I wasn't whatever for that audition. You said um, you leave your power. In the exactly. audition room, or, or or rather, you're making the audition room the powerful thing, yes. as opposed to yourself. Exactly. So if you can be the powerful being that you are, and yes. you can be the powerful person, human, actor, uh, loving being that you are on this planet, you're- and stand in that power, as opposed to putting it in the audition room and saying, "Oh, it's over there. It's in that room." Right. Um, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's your only chance, but it's not just your only chance in this audition circuit. It's really kind of what we're striving for as human beings, right? I mean, getting, getting, I, I, when I coach actors, I kind of tell them, I say, whether you want to believe this for me or not, and, and I'm not telling you what to believe. It either resonates as authentic and true to you or it doesn't, is that it doesn't matter whether you get these, these jobs or not. Hmm. In the big picture. In the really big picture. And so by definition, it's an opportunity for you to go and say, this is what it feels like to be this human being. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and we all have gotten those auditions where the material takes us to that place. Where the material says to us, oh, this is bigger than my fears, my concerns, my, my shit, for lack of a better word. And we kind of elevate. We go to a place and, and usually you walk out of those auditions not caring whether they cast you or not. You feel like you serve something bigger. Mm-hmm. That can happen with every single audition. In fact, when you're trying to get somewhere in this business, it's got to happen more often than not because you need this. You know, I use this expression with people. You know, you got to put snow on top of the mountain. You don't know when there's going to be an avalanche, but there's got to be a lot of snow up there. You just know it. So just keep putting snow up there. There will be an avalanche. Can we do a knowledge avalanche? <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
<laughs> Do you have an avalanche sound we'll effect? We'll make one. We'll make one. We have a, we have a, we have a sound effect. We have yeah. a knowledge bomb sound effect when somebody drops. <laughs> there's an explosion. Anyway, uh, good. <clears throat> well, I, well, well, well. So every time you go into the room, you've got to bring in that approach. That uh, let me show them what it means for this stuff and this material to happen to me. So my thing about auditions is how specific and how personal can you make it. Because then it's not going to become about the lines. It's not going to become about your fears. It's not going to, and you can find one human element in every, I, I can find it and you can find it. Anyone out there can find it and every single piece of bad television written. Because we're all human beings. Another human being wrote that TV and even if they had to, to do all this crazy stuff, had to get into that scene, there's always in there somewhere something about being human about the human existence that you can tap into and, and that you can hook into it so that you can bring something bigger than yourself into the material mm-hmm. i'm going to show them what it means for this to happen to me uh, believe me that's what everyone that's what we all get off on i mean that's that's when you feel the temperature change in the room that's where you feel it, it doesn't mean you'll get cast and unfortunately it's got to not matter on yeah. some level it's got to be bigger than that because yeah. getting cast is very small yeah. yeah. You know, I, well, we, I, yeah, we talk about that I, a lot too. I, I've shared this in the show before, but I had a coach a while ago um, that I was working with when I actually first moved out to LA. Yeah. And I said to him, I had a, a big audition for something, and I said to him, um, he said, What do you do tomorrow? And I said, oh, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to nail it. And he was like, He gave me a look. He was like, You sure about that? He was like, What you're going to do is go in there and just show them who you are. Right. He's like, And that's all you can do. He's like, Once you show them who you are and you be as authentic as possible, it's, it's up to them. Yeah, or it's out of your hand. But as long as yeah. you can do that, and that that really shit, like that was like a, a defining moment in the way I think about this, yeah. all this work because it's just like acting has become a completely different thing for me now than, right. than it was when I first came out here, and it was because of comments like that and exactly what you're saying, which yeah. is just it's just that that authentic, that level of authenticity. Yeah, and and the truth of the matter is, you got to be okay with the results. Yeah, they don't define you. And if you let them, you're just going to be chasing it the rest of your life anyway. And that's a tricky thing because, you know, we've, we've AJ mm-hmm. and I have been talking a lot about results being the, the measurement for, for right. a career. You know, like, am I doing something that's working or not? And it's so different with, with acting in the entertainment industry because you can be doing something brilliant and not be working. Well, I cast a movie and I can honestly say, in fairness to all the actors that I cast, that it was just about finding the right puzzle piece at the time. Mm. And and there were actors who were good that I didn't cast. There were actors that were better that I didn't cast. That weren't, you know what I mean? It, it was not that I cast all the best actors I had, although I do kind of approach it that way. I would rather change the script to work with someone who I respond too. If someone comes in and gives me who they are and they're set, I'll, I'll, I'll rewrite it. I'll mm-hmm. say, there they go. That, that's the person. We'll go with that because that's more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that everyone out there would do that. Um, but having cast a movie gives me this different perspective of um, it isn't personal. S- so you've, you've got a room here and you need a couch. You need a couch for your room. You've got the TV over there. You've got the bookcase over here. Um, when you go into a casting session, it's like trying to buy a couch. I mean, to put it in, you may not, you might not take the most expensive couch. You may not take the best couch. You may not even take the couch in the color you love. If you've already got a clock, a bookcase, a TV, you take the couch that fits your room. Right. Yeah. Well, as an actor, you've got to give yourself over to that. You, 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 you know, people have to make all the puzzle pieces work. 
So you can't really even figure out. You you haven't seen what the room looks like in that person's head. You don't know that the TV is this and this and this, and they've already spent all this money here. I mean, all we kind of hear is over and over and over again is, you know, you cannot be cast for a lot of reasons, and most of them have nothing to do with you. So don't worry about that. Mm. Well, how do you not worry about it? You're having your own little existence here. Feels personal. Felt yeah. personal to me. In fact, I got to tell you, one of the things that kind of got a lot of early jobs for me is I decided that I was going to channel the frustration and anger I had towards the, to, towards the business into these auditions. And a lot of my early jobs were I was scary as shit in those audition rooms <laughs> because I stopped worrying about getting cast and I just channeled it. And I said, like, well, here's a piece of material that you wrote that has a guy who's on the edge. <laughs> so guess what guess what, guess what? today <laughs> you're gonna have a guy who's on the edge in the room whether you cast him or not right and right. i had a lot of anger and frustration and it was authentic yeah. and i put it into those rooms that's amazing and people would go like Ooh, i didn't expect that from him right <laughs> that dude is angry <laughs> or that dude is scary um you know it just you know you got to dig for the truth the authenticity you know yeah, I, I definitely want to get to your transition to being a, a filmmaker. I don't want to run out of time before before oh. we get there. But I do want to land uh, one other thing that you said earlier um, about um, your about getting the the Oz gig. Yes, and sort of connecting it to what we're talking about about finding the right couch for the room. And what it is is <clears throat> that how it, it, basically it's how powerful intention is. Yeah, because you. You were about to have a child, and yep. you were, and you said to yourself, "Not, yeah. I, you could have said, I need to quit, or listen to all those people who said it's time to give all this up.' Right? And you could have done that. I could. You could have, or you could have changed your uh, intention, which is what you ended up doing, right. and saying, "No, what what's got to happen is I've got to make money at this. Yes, that's what gets to happen. Not, not I'm giving this up. I've got to make money on this. Yes. And then, of course, a few months later, you." you get cast and where I'm connecting it to the finding the right couch for the room analogy is Mm -hmm. don't necessarily set your intention on booking this role, set your intention on finding the role that is the puzzle piece that you fit. Like you you set your intention on finding that perfect role for yourself for that role that no one else can play, but you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you're going to get every job you're supposed to get and you're not going to get every job you're not supposed to get. And I can promise you that. And that's a frightening reality. You are going to get all the ones you're supposed to get, no matter what you do. I've heard crazy stories where people have, quote, unquote, broken all the rules, messed up, couldn't remember their lines, this and that. You know, there's a YouTube clip of the, the guy who won the Emmy for Breaking Bad of him doing his producer session, and he forgets his lines. And has to ask the casting director for the line, and he stays in character the whole time, and it's awesome. I mean, <laughs> Are you it, talking it, about Pinkman or uh, what's, uh, what's the actor's name? Of uh, I forget his name. Yeah, in his audition, which you know, later they shoot it standing up. He's sitting on the couch. He's just doing it, and he's right. You know, he's Aaron Paul. In, Aaron Paul. <clears throat> Aaron Paul. You can you can uh, you know YouTube Google his audition, and you see that he he uh, he drops his lines right in the middle of it and he, he he absolutely doesn't know what he's supposed to say and he calls for a line and the casting director throws it in and the entire time that he's doing it you realize this is the guy yeah and we as actors go into auditions all the time thinking oh i gotta know these lines i mean he had to know them too but but more important is he had to just be that guy he had to be the guy right <laughs> we focus on all the wrong things yeah 
Yeah. And, we, and, we, and we're afraid of all the wrong things because everything that could go wrong in an audition is an opportunity for you to show them that you're the guy. If you just rephrase, you know, just rethink it in your brain. Anything that goes wrong, just like in live theater, you know, which I have done a lot of, and in an audition room is, is an opportunity for you to demonstrate that you're actually the guy. Yeah. And those things are welcome opportunities. Hello and welcome back <laughs> to. Uh, you thought you were starting an episode there for a second. For a second, I was like, "Did we talk about saying welcome back after the internet?" Like, I can't remember when we because we had that conversation. We were like, "We shouldn't yeah. say welcome back anymore." No, where I, was that? It? Welcome I back. I feel like, man, are we actually talking about this? I think so. It's, shit's getting better right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was saying is like we were saying it at the top of the interview. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, right. So when we came into the when we started the interviews, yeah, we would it was say, like, welcome back. Welcome back. And I was like, welcome back from what? Like 30 seconds of music? What That's are you talking true. About? That's true. As opposed to like, welcome back to the bookends, you know, us uh, chatting. I see. Because now you I... left us for 20 minutes listening to, or 30 minutes listening to an interview. Even though we didn't go anywhere. We just, the, the time zone, the time shifted. <laughs> That's right. But for the listener. Well, for the listeners, the time shifted. For the listener, there's just more of us. And <laughs> does it get any better or worse than that? I don't know. Um, oh, man. Editing so, is funny. Yes, it is. Uh, we should do some of it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Self-editing. <laughs> we should we should pre-edit by uh, by by shutting up. <laughs> right, preemptive edits. Uh, that's a vicious cycle. So, uh, welcome back. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, thanks for uh, for listening. I hope you guys dug part two of, of Blake Robbins' interview, and it only gets better. It only goes goes up from here. Man. Yes, it's it's uh, he's a fantastic guy. And if you haven't checked out the sizzle reel of his film. That he talks about in his interview, we we put a link on the website to it. Have you checked out the sizzle reel? No, it's a no. two minute basically. It's like a trailer, but it's a little bit looser. It's not quite as um, honed as uh-huh. far as like this is the story. Yeah, but it definitely you definitely get what the story is, uh, and it's it's awesome. It's really cool. It's really inspiring to see somebody who is just like this film is really important to me. I want to make it, and it's it's intense, man. It's I found I'm out really inspired by it. I found out because we posted that picture of us online. <clears throat> after the interview of us two and, and Blake that uh, a friend of mine Anastasia is in his movie I saw that we met her I met her a tweet up like a year ago oh really yeah and I remember th- saying like that's a really cool name and she was like thanks do you want me to really blow your mind she uh, is the person that enrolled Ben into MITT no way yeah so shit comes full circle look at that <laughs> yeah and isn't that the isn't way that the crazy? world works that is cool man isn't that crazy very cool <clears throat> speaking of which so, pick uh, of the week. my pick of the week, uh, I know AJ picked this, uh, back in like episode 70 something, um, uh, MITT was his pick. And, uh, as long time listeners of the podcast know, um, AJ has been through the basic advanced and LP courses of, uh, of MITT and he's now in PhD. Mm-hmm. I have been through basic advanced. I'm about 10 days out from graduating my LP Woo-hoo! experience. <laughs> And uh, it is intense. I'm not going to say it's been all flowers and bunnies and rainbows <laughs> because I have had plenty of breakdowns and plenty of I hate this shit and I'm quitting <laughs> moments. Um, uh, but I've stuck with it and it's been worth it. It really has because be, uh, on the other side of every breakdown, every every like I, I quit, I'm going back to my life the way it was. This is stupid. I didn't sign up for this shit. Uh, on the other side of every one of those moments is a major breakthrough. 
and and that's just the way life is and it's it's just concentrated in the MITT experience in yeah. in my um my experience of it and uh this week especially like they really kind of cranked up the heat yeah you know it's like it just ramps up and ramps up towards mm-hmm. the end and we're 10 days out so it's getting hot in here and uh i had a really powerful week a really like just chock full of like personal breakthroughs i i want to talk about them but a we don't have time and b um i really am I know there's a lot of people listening to this who are interested in this kind of work and in, in bettering themselves as people and, and taking their lives to the next level. And I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I want yeah. them to experience it firsthand. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, it just, this week was another affirmation for me that like, this was money well spent. Um, and man, this is my life. I'm getting, I'm getting like an accelerated experience of, what the next five years could have been. It's all packed into these four months and it's just extremely rewarding yeah. to, to be coming from this new place um, as a result of walking through the fire. Yeah. Really. It's, it's amazing. So anybody listening to this, you want more information, contact me, contact AJ. Um, I cannot, I can't, and you know, contact Ben, you know, Ben, Ben was, was the person who was really responsible for both of us. Yeah. Um, going into this, this work, but, um, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. And you know, if you're Googling it on the internet and you see all sorts of shit about it being a cult and brainwashing all that shit, like if that's what you want to believe, cool. Take it, like take it into account. Like it's, it's up to you to make that, that choice. But I would advise being open to another, another, you know, side of the story. Yeah. Because, um, that has not been my experience. This is not a cult. It's not brainwashing. It is intense work, uh, in which the participants, go through massive transformation if they're willing to, if they're willing to do the work and that people in their lives may be very supportive of it. And in some cases may not. And it's the people that are not supportive of, of bettering of their friends, bettering themselves that go on and write shit like that on the internet. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but one of the big reasons that I think people resist other people changing is because it's not the ways that those people use to manipulate their friends stops working. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then you get to look at, well, what is this relationship really built on? Mm -hmm. If you have a problem with me bettering myself and and wanting the best for myself and going after it, then what's really happening here? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to look at, you know? And, uh, man, I mean, I have so much. I want to just like, and this happened and this happened. So, uh, yeah, that's my pick. M I T T. Awesome. yeah. Um, get in touch. Get in touch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I want to say one thing before we move on, which is, uh, I really appreciate what you said about it being hard work. It is because it just makes the reward so much sweeter. Like no reward mm. is truly like the more work you put in, the more you're, the more reward you're going to get out, yeah. you know? And it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about physical fitness. Like you can't get the rewards. Like you can't sit there and magically, you know, get, you know, uh, fitter and thinner and, and more muscular by mm-hmm. not putting in the work and the sweat, you know? It, yeah. And, and I feel like the same goes for transformation for, oh, uh, <clears throat> for bettering yourself as a, as a, as a human being, like you have to put in the work. It's not going to mm-hmm. magically happen because you thought it. So, yeah, you know, you, you, the, you know, there's one thing to make a declaration or set your intention on something, but it's another thing to take committed action towards that. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know me. So for the past few years, I've, I'm, I've always been into like self-help books, you know, like I've read a ton of them and I'm all about just like getting the ideology into my head and things like that. 
what MITT is, is paying somebody to hold your feet to the fire and saying, do you really want to do these pushups? Then do them. Yeah. And they, they don't sell out on you, man. Like yeah. there are times where you're like, okay, back off. And they're like, this is what you paid me to do. Yep. And it's like, and then you find out you break down and you're like, I hate this. I quit. And you stick with it. And the other side of it is mm-hmm. this moment of like, thank you so much <laughs> right? for caring enough about me to help me through that time. Because mm-hmm. that wasn't me. That was like this. Uh, yep. Man. I, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's exactly it. And it's not, it's, it's, and what, what would it be like? if you or me or everyone listening, what would it be like if you always lived your life that way? Mm-hmm. You know, where you just lived at that level of intensity, not saying it's not fun or whatever. Like, of course you get to have fun, mm-hmm. but, but you know, it's also, you know, what's keeping you from pushing play? Like what's keeping you on the, <laughs> what's keeping you on the couch? What's keeping you yeah. from getting out there and, and putting your own feet to the fire mm-hmm. and like living your life, in such a way that like you're taking risks and it's scary and like, you don't know if you're going to fail, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, people just don't live that way. Yeah. And they also don't stand for other people living that way. Yeah. Everybody lives in this sort of like, not everybody, but a lot of people live in this sort of like, I buy your bullshit, you buy mine so that we don't have to do any work. (laughs) That's right. God, I'll never forget what Rodrigo, who by the way, is the the trainer for the April basic. He was my trainer in September. And if you can get in the training with him in April, just give yourself that gift. He's an amazing, an amazing man and an amazing trainer. And God, that was one of the things he said. He's like, so what do you do when someone's late to a, a, a lunch with you? You know, what do you do? You say, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. I was stuck in traffic. This, this, this excuses out the ass. Uh-huh. And what do you do? You say, okay, no problem. But what's really happening? They're showing up late and they're saying, hi, I have this nice steaming bag of bullshit. I want to, I, I want to give it to you. Will you accept it? And what do you do? You go, yes, thank you for your bullshit. In fact, I have a steaming bag of bullshit for you as well. <laughs> and you give them. And it's like, if you want to stop living that way, you know, this, oh, this has been amazing. the most effective thing that, that I've ever experienced to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd encourage people to go back and listen to Ryan Basham's interview for more on, on yeah. what this is all about. <clears throat> That's great. That's yeah. a great example. <clears throat> totally. Okay, so enough about that. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So my, my turn. Pick, my pick of the week is uh, has a very specific agenda behind it. People are going, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Didn't Trevor's pick of the week have it? No. His does not. Mine does. Um, so my pick of the week is uh, the SAG Foundation. Mm. Uh, I think sagfoundation.org is their uh, website, if I remember correctly. I'll double check that. Googling that. Let's double check it right um, now. And uh, SAG Foundation is a uh, organization that was created specifically <clears throat> to serve the members of, of the union. Yes, sagfoundation.org. Thank you, sagfoundation.org. And they have um, all of these free events and resources online and resources at their national offices and so on and so forth for actors. Like literally I got a tour of some of their new facilities at the LA office. They have a voiceover like booth, like a room with a voiceover booth in it. And you basically, you can sign up to use it for free. They have a computer lab where you can go in and edit your reel. If you don't have a computer powerful enough to edit your own reel, they have free screenings. They have all these different things to support actors in, uh, in, in their, in their craft. And, and to me, that's just amazing in and of itself. So mm-hmm. the foundation itself is just a really amazing, amazing resource. They've got all this stuff coming up right now for taxes, tax seminars for actors, so on and so forth. we so, got to go down there and do this stuff firsthand. 
Oh, I mean, like actually we, take advantage of the yeah, resources themselves? Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> what we are going to do is we are going to have a, a, a partnership with Inside. This is so exciting. I'm getting like really yeah, This is up. awesome. We have, we have a, a partnership coming up but with Inside Acting and the SAG Foundation. We're actually going to be celebrating our 100th episode with the SAG Foundation by doing a live uh, podcast episode at um, the what's called the Life Raft Room at the SAG, SAG Foundation. It's where they have their screenings, and there's like a little stage there, and there's about 130 seats. So um, um, we're inviting people to come uh, check it out. And um, <clears throat> it is uh, going to be, um, well, this is episode 93, so whatever, seven weeks-ish from now, which, uh, as it turns out, is March 12th. Uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, at the SAG Foundation. We'll post uh, uh, additional details on our website as it gets closer. Uh, we are still working out the details on what it, it, on who the guest or guests are going to be, so I don't want to give away too much about that quite yet. But um, it's really exciting. It's going to be a great celebration. It's going to be live. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be live streamed. So if you're not in Los Angeles and you can't actually make it, you know, you can watch it online. Uh, we'll have a, a link where you can watch, watch it being live streamed and actually tweet or chat in your questions for us live or our guests rather live, um, which is also very exciting. Um, and, uh, be, for those of you who are in Los Angeles, um, <clears throat> we just request that if you would like to be there on March 12th at 7 p.m., that you email the podcast um, with the intention to be there um, mm-hmm. because uh, SAG members actually, you know, union members actually get docked if they sign up for like a screening or some kind of SAG Foundation thing and they don't show up. There's actually some kind of like demerit like system that they, or something? yeah there's okay. like a demerit system wow. that they have because essentially you're keeping others from from right, from experiencing right. it by taking that spot and then not using it so we believe that our listenership uh are are integrous and 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 forthright and they're gonna you know stand by their commitments so if you want to be there send us an email we're gonna be keeping a list um and uh and we just ask that you that you that you show up mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. If, if you absolutely must cancel we're just asking that you do it 48 hours before mm-hmm. hand um but uh but yeah uh, it, it's it's going to be really exciting we would love to hang out with our listeners and make it a, a big celebration for triple digits baby what <laughs> it's going to be so freaking cool man and uh it's very special thanks very very huge special thanks to dennis baker for really facilitating this whole thing for, for yes. really midwifing this whole thing we've talked about it personally you and i and other people about doing live events and especially specifically with SAG, we thought it'd always be cool. Um, but it never really panned out until Dennis Baker, who's a, li- a long time listener of the podcast, long time supporter said, guys, let's do this. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I'm in a position to set this up. Yeah. And, uh, you specifically AJ and he worked together, uh, with Jen to really kind of start hashing out the details this week. Yeah. So, um, Thank you guys for making this this happen. Oh, totally, and I'm I, yeah, I'm really really excited about it, and yeah. we'll be plugging it um, every episode uh, yeah. from now until then. All right, so uh, we are like super long in this episode, so let's wrap this up. You guys know how to support the podcast. Head up our website, InsideActingPodcast at gmail as well as uh, sending us tweets, uh, finding us on Facebook, joining the Facebook group, liking the Facebook page. 
recommending us on iTunes, and donating to the podcast. You can always, always send us some money to help keep this thing going. We use that money to cover production costs, and it's uh, all that really keeps us going. And yeah, yeah. And remember that uh, in addition to supporting the podcast, uh, we haven't talked about it in a while, but we are donating a portion of our donations. Mm-hmm. We're re-donating your, your donation to uh, the Make a Film Foundation to uh, mm-hmm. support um, uh, kids who are... Um, they, I mean, they support all kinds of kids. They at risk youth, people, kids who are terminally ill, um, in in making um, making their own uh, feature film with uh, sometimes a list, you yeah. know, talent and a list actors who get involved. Um, and it's a really special thing. And and um, and so don't forget that uh, you know you're you're supporting um, two awesome things at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the information for that is all laid out on the donation page. So when you make your donation, you can read more about um, how that works and what that is and, and all that fun stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our podcast hearts for uh, <laughs> our podcasty hearts for, uh, for supporting um, what we hope is, uh, you know, work that benefits a lot of people. Yes. Um, anything else? That's it, man. Let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> All right. Episode 93. I'm Trevor Elgai. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, push play. Push play.